Welcome to Come Queens. I'm your host, Grace. And I'm your other host, Charlotte. This week's episode, we talk all things pussy news. <laughs> I really like these episodes. They're my favorite. But yeah, I do too. We get to revisit some old old friends or, or foes. Yeah, your <laughs> your favorite white supremacist, sexual predator, serial liar, and Adolf Hitler fanboy, Madison Cawthorn. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's nice to see other people finally like recognizing him for what what he is yeah because i feel like you know i i said that i actually brought up madison cawthorn to my dad at the you know i'm like have you seen this guy yet have you seen him because i knew he was gonna be in the spotlight right which way yeah um i was actually on the phone with somebody this week who was saying like that he's astoundingly charming which doesn't surprise me um yeah i, mean, I can see that who liked him oh yeah i mean the way yeah, he comes across. He's trying to be like the anti-AOC. But now they're saying that he helped to incite the Capitol riots. Yeah, he was the only um, member of Congress to speak at the, what was it called? Like Stop the Steal rally? Is it, Was that the official name of it? Or Make, have, make I, America Great Again? Whatever it was. <laughs> He, he was the only one to speak there. And he was fucking carrying weapons at the same time, too. Yeah, he said his wheelchair can hold a lot of weapons. <laughs> I know. I, I was like, I thought that was so brag. No. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess that does make a lot of sense. Yeah. But I, I'm still unclear about that because I thought you couldn't have weapons. I I called his office to complain about him. Mm-hmm. Um. And they were like, no, no, he's allowed to have weapons. And it's like, well, do we really? Oh, it's just scary because you're like, who is who? You know, there were definitely people on the inside who were giving information to the insurrection. Oh, for sure. So I saw that you can have loaded weapons in um, Washington offices and on the Capitol grounds, but you can't have them in the actual House or Senate chamber. So I guess it... Which he did skirt by. that's where he had it. Didn't he? But he was on the House floor when it all started, right? I think I think the idea was that he was pack. What do you call it? Packing heat? Carrying when he was uh, speaking at the rally. But then, yeah, I don't know if he took it off or when he went into, into, uh, into vote. Which he then also voted, you know to uh not certify the even after all that yeah <laughs> even after all of that um so, he was only is... only seven seven members of uh congress continued to not certify the electoral college so he's digging his heels in deep yeah what do we you know and we need to tar and feather those <laughs> seven people but they're honestly it's not very easy to get rid of him i was looking at that information yeah. and there's a huge I guess there's a huge petition on change.org mm -hmm. which is like one of their fastest growing petitions and I checked it mm, like we're recording this on Wednesday so I checked it a couple hours ago and it was 
nearing 75,000 signatures. Um, but he said that we should lightly threaten our politicians. Yeah. Uh, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, now they've been heavily threatened. Right. Um, <laughs> and, um, you know, I think one of the things that's really bothering me about the ge- like the general narrative of this situation is that everyone's like trying to take their exact quotes from that day only as if all of the your words and actions up until this point didn't lead to that mm. on the 6th, mm-hmm. you know, because they're like, oh, well, like point to the words that Trump said or something like right. that. And it's like, well, actually, they've all been encouraging this January 6th event for I think a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So I hope that they can hold him accountable. But to get rid of him, they would have to two thirds of the House members would have to vote him out. Right. Which would involve a lot of bipartisan support. Yeah. I mean, I suppose unless you could charge him with a crime, like if you could actually link him to, you know, maybe giving location information. Or right. Something like that. Yeah. And I, I wonder if he was carrying a gun on the House uh or Senate chambers, if he could be tried for that. I don't know. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I, AOC made it abundantly clear that she did not go to the second location with um, her, that also had her Republican colleagues because she was concerned that they were going to um, divulge the location. Mm. And... Yeah, and she said her life was directly threatened, but she hasn't. I think that since the investigation's ongoing, she's limited in what she can talk about. But I imagine, you know, that she would have been a high-level target of these people. Oh, definitely, yeah. If they were going directly after Pence, and that's the one we knew about. Yeah, and then lovely Madison decided to double down on <laughs> all of this and claim that this was Antifa. <laughs> I know. It, it's so ridiculous. Like, these people don't understand what Antifa is, and they're relying on that for other people who are just listening to them. Because it literally means anti-fascist. It's just, it's so I comical. I saw, I saw uh, a meme that was like, it was a picture of one of the people at, at the riots saying that uh, with a shirt that said anti-Antifa. Yes. And then it just said, reduce the fraction. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Math jokes. <laughs> Math jokes out here. But yeah, yeah it's crazy. He- well, he said that while the insurrection was happening he called into a conservative radio show i don't know what the show was and i don't care to peddle that bullshit but yeah he said left-wing <laughs> agitators sent by the democratic machine to make trump look bad you can call him antifa you can call him whatever you want um yeah i was like, like oh my god i just don't understand what the motive would be try to overthrow the government because we wanted to help like it it doesn't yeah, like I, I can understand the motive of agitators in the, you know, uh, the marches for black lives that happened, you know, over the summer. I, I get that more so than like what would be the agenda? Like if it, why would Antifa start fighting for fascism as like a right <laughs> a joke? I guess it's it's like harkens back to like the Iraq war where like the line was like they hate us for our freedom. So 
if you just law if you cling on to like a boogeyman antifa and you just say yeah they just hate freedom and they hate america and then people are like oh yeah okay that makes sense just keep it simple i just keep thinking about those but the the think about all those people who are like the quote unquote patriots who went went there and now everyone's calling them Antifa like how mad would you be if you're like I did this for you and then now you're saying right. I'm Antifa the thing that they hate more than anything well yeah it was it was that fucking yak man right who was like being called Antifa and he's like no guys I'm not I'm really not Antifa hey we've all said we're not Antifa but nobody <laughs> no one believes you <laughs> no <laughs> Oh, so I yeah, we're going to post the link to the change.org petition if you want to tell Madison Cawthorn to resign. He's certainly in over his head. But mm-hmm. the good news is, is that we're already going to go into the next. Ele- you know, he's only there for two years. Right. Yeah. We're already going into the next election cycle. And I believe that if our district ran a truly progressive candidate that could speak to working class people, um, that everyone across these mountains you know could relate to that he could really be um uh, you know kicked out of there because we ran a really establishment democrat yep Mm -hmm. uh, that's the classic yeah I know and he and he was pretty popular guy like in terms of on a national level too and Cawthorn I mean Trump didn't even endorse Cawthorn did you know he didn't he didn't outwardly endorse him but he did talk about him he said he's like a beautiful young man so he had so Trump had his name in his mouth so that gave him some some in the primary I think he endorsed him like in the general but in the primary he endorsed his opponent right Mm -hmm. so yeah this guy, this kid hasn't even had like a real a real job, and they said no. he's just stacking like his staffers are just like his bro his bros. Friends. Yeah, exactly, and they don't know what they're doing at all. And um, a lot of Ugh. people who endorsed him initially here in North Carolina, even his law enforcement buddies, are backpedaling and saying it was a mistake. Sorry, I led you down the wrong path. So I don't think he's gonna make friends in Washington. I think he's gonna be on his way out. Yeah. And I really I give props to somebody that, for people who are taking back endorsements because it's like yeah you know admit you you're know, wrong I mean I think <laughs> it's hard I mean and you may not have you know been able to foresee this although his reference to Hitler well, as going to Hitler's yeah. castle he was pretty bold with his white white supremacy uh, nods and stuff yeah so hopefully we'll see him we'll see him out soon and the new. Believe it or not, like, that's what's so painful, though. Like, you're like, do we want to go into another election cycle right now? Like, now that it's finally feels right. over. Yeah. But to, to get this guy gone, for sure. We also had some other sobering news from the jobs report from the Bureau mm-hmm. of Labor Statistics in December. Things are not looking good for women. Yeah. Um, severe economic repercussions have affected women the most because of the pandemic. So in December, two out of five unemployed women 20 or older had been out of the job for six months or more. So nearly 2.1 million um, fewer women were in the labor force. Um, I think that was February to December of last year. Yeah, the the pandemic's really sending women 
back into the home taking on like more traditional roles of yeah. childcare mm-hmm. too as um and I guess too like if you're in a situation women make less money you know if you make less money and you're with you are partner mm-hmm. with a a man who makes more than you it would make the most sense for you to quit your job if you are in that position right. you know yeah but the gains that they're going to lose over time from just being out of the workforce is really terrifying so um yeah 140,000 jobs lost 156 were women and men gained 16,000 but that was kind of the headline but then like I dug a little deeper and apparently it was actually almost entirely black and latina women mm. and white women are actually making job gains yes um, yeah yeah because the the um the article we read kind it didn't it broke down the stats in a weird way it just kind of pitted um all women up against white men but yeah like you said when you break down white women versus white men and then black women and latina x um latina women black women and latina women obviously are, are hit like double Right, and you have to think about like the sectors too of employment, like service industry. These jobs are already like, you know, not well paying jobs, but like service industry has been hit super mm-hmm. hard. Hospitality, um, and so, you know, I mean, once again, here the pandemic goes just amplifying in in a massive way in real time the inequities that already existed. Um, but I mean, I do think there is a unique aspect when it comes to childcare because that's, oh, like, what what are you supposed to do? You know, right? Yeah, I mean, you're even, left with like barely any options. Yeah, and you can't just like set a six year old on a uh, laptop and say, "See you later." Yeah, and leave the house. Like yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like that's not going to work. And these jobs require people to be in person. I- I'm really curious how people are you know, actually working that out. I mean, I'm sure it involves utilizing family structures, but then, of course, you're then bringing into contact older relatives Mm -hmm. who might be, you know, if you're using them as support, and then they're going to be more at risk. Um, Right. And, yeah, I, I feel like this is just we need to get universal basic income in place and then you can decide if you want to use that money to support yourself or if you want to use that money to pay somebody to care for your child while you go to work Mm -hmm. yeah I think a lot of people probably I think early on we're doing what do you call it bubble bubbling with oh the pod pods bubbling podding with other families Um, yeah yeah well, and we've seen that. I mean, we. I think. I think we've talked about. Well, I know you and I have talked about it personally, but I think we talked about it on the show that these people were paying people to teach their pods more money than teachers would normally make. I mean, which I'm not saying they shouldn't make that money. They absolutely, absolutely deserve it. But it's like, okay, these wealthy families mm-hmm. can have five kids to one teacher making more money, and also as a teacher, you know, another field dominated by women. Are they gonna? go back into the classroom right now. I mean, a lot of them are standing up and being like, we just can't do this. It's not safe for, I mean, it's not only unsafe to them, it's unsafe to their students' families. Yeah. And it's clear that usually school districts don't have the best interests of teachers in mind. 
Um, yeah, when I was looking for jobs after um, I quit being a teacher, I was going to get paid like $20, $20 an hour to teach like three, three kindergarten aged boys in uh, a family's backyard. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, wow. that's more money than I'm, I made like, and, and this is after I asked for a raise, I made like $13 an hour Holy being shit. a preschool teacher. Um, and how many kids were in your class? 20, 22. Wow. Yeah. With a co-teacher? With yeah, teacher. yeah. So I was a co-teacher. So, I mean, that's a, that's a scam. Yeah, dude. Like, I mean, yeah, I can't see well, going back to a classroom right now. Like... And they just they just put out the numbers here locally that our our living wage um sixteen, is right? Se- they raised seventeen. Oh, 17. 1730. Wow. Yeah. Seventeen thirty. So uh yeah, I mean our housing prices are through the mm-hmm. roof. So it's like we really need to I think that um, went up in the past three years because when I first moved here, living wage was sixteen, I believe. Yeah. So no, it's increased oh, it definitely did. that fast. Yeah. Well, year over, just to give you some perspective from my industry, <laughs> I'll say year, year over year, uh, our housing prices rose 30%. Wow. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's just like that's unsustainable. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it's not unsustainable. I, I can say that all I want, but at the end of the day, like people still right. are coming here and yeah. buying the houses. So. Yeah, I mean, I know people have owned a house for three years and then sold it for a hundred thousand dollars more than they bought it for. Wow. You know, wow, um, it's really, it's really something else. So I think, you know, I think this is a real opportunity because I was actually, I was talking to another real estate agent um, on the phone, and she said, "Oh, can I call you right back? I'm helping my daughter do a math test," Aww. and I was just like. And I was just like, absolutely. And I was like, you know, take your time. And then we just chatted for a while. And I just said, you know, I can't basically I can't imagine, you know, what you're going through. And she's like, it's unbelievable. She's like, I have to supervise her every time she's doing work. And, you know, she's like, a li- I think she was like maybe six or seven. You know, they're wow. not old enough to just sit there by themselves. And meanwhile, she's trying to do her job. Mm-hmm. And she and, and I said, I said, yeah, women are taking a lot of this burden, and and she was like, yeah, she's like, I see who's sitting in the, I see who's sitting next to their kids on the Zoom. Yeah, it's not a lot of dads. That <laughs> so for damn sure, it's probably moms and nannies. Yeah, and and I mean that's why I think a lot of like one of those things like I think women we have a tendency to like step up and do the work when we see the work that needs to be done. Yeah. But, yeah, you know, exactly. If, if you are struggling with that, I do think it's it's definitely worth a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I think our partners maybe don't even realize like how much we've taken on. You know, no, they have they have no idea because they're not thinking about that shit at all. <laughs> right. Um, and so I think that you just have to say like I need you know it's okay to say I need help, and if you need mental health help mm-hmm. too through this time, please. Please, I mean, I. Who's going through this time and not, and like feeling super stable all the time? <laughs> like it's just, like that's almost, uh, you know, th- that's what's not normal in this time. Yeah, you definitely need to reach out if you feel like you're being spread too thin because, especially if you have a partner, like 
your partner's there to support you and help you and you just need to let them know that you need that help because if you don't then things are just going to continue the way they are and yeah and if you don't have a partner you you can lean on your other natural support systems you know your friends family your, friends family members. yeah yeah, um, and then community org, and then if that if that's not an option, community organizations too, or maybe talk to another parent in your kid's class. Like, hey, can we, if right? We, you know, yeah. pair up. Can I have freaking one hour to myself? Mm -hmm. You know, because um, that can do them the mind a lot of good too. I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Um, but we're yeah we're gonna have to figure out how to come back from this. You know, in the end, and make sure that companies aren't going to you know not rehire these workers or that they're going to drop out of the workforce entirely and then right. you get lost in the jobless numbers at that point but i do think we are going to see some more stimulus coming our way and some extension of unemployment benefits mm -hmm. with our new administration <laughs> um so do you want to talk about that next i think we talked about doing that last but oh yeah they yeah we have a new president <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> a new vice president. I don't. Yeah, uh, I only got to see uh, the very beginning, like to twelve to twelve thirty. Um, but yeah, it was great. Yeah, and it was just. I was really nervous. I woke up at eight a.m. this morning, like, well, because I should never have clicked in too many clicks into these Q posts oh god um, yeah you were really diving in dude and then you were making me paranoid like holy shit man. is something gonna happen I dude I woke up at 7 a.m this morning but I'm glad I did because my husband has been leaving the fucking burner on these past nights what? in the uh, yes what? <laughs> I'm like we in the oven or the burner the on top on the stove we have electric <gasps> so it's not gas oh, okay. but my house is gas so yeah if it was like gas I would flame. I would be livid but like still it's dangerous and the teapot has been <laughs> on there this is the past two nights so yeah oh my gosh just another example like of like what men don't think about <laughs> <laughs> like I always do like a, a perimeter check before I go to bed yeah you yeah know? we used to have that problem a lot with our toaster oven because you know you just open it and then I trained my ear to hear it would make this click sound every once in a while oh like, like Pavlovian to hear it from far away <laughs> it's very faint sound I was like ah oh, fire hazard <laughs> um wow but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that's enough but yeah, I was very anxious. I was, I well, and I mean, I still don't think they're over it. But like right now, they're they're in the midst of what I was seeing last night. Actually, it did make me feel a little more calm because they're kind of like fighting amongst themselves, saying like we've been duped by Q, mm. and then some of them are like, "Keep the faith." Oh, the they're not trusting coming. Q anymore. Yeah, well, because Q hasn't Q hasn't communicated with them since December eighth. <laughs> um so <laughs> whatever that even but <laughs> yeah what did q say I just, I just started to go in like a lot of other well a lot of other directions honestly the more i read like in the sillier it started to yeah. sound it it did make me start to feel a little better but they were i think they think that there's like usa inc which 
that somebody like bought the United States. I, I couldn't quite understand it. I just they just kept referring to USA Inc. and that like maybe Trump owned it and then he was gonna take it over. I don't know. And then <laughs> there was all this talk about like the flags that were up behind him in the videos and that that means that he's enacted the Insurrection Act. Um, huh. Which I didn't believe any of that was true. I just thought, I mean, it's and it's not a far leap. Hey, there was extremist violence on the sixth. They could certainly try extremist violence today, right? Uh, yeah, but they locked they locked the Capitol down. Uh, very oh yeah, strongly. Um, There's like twenty five thousand uh, troops there. Yeah, and then they started going through the troops and saying, if you had ties to these like white nationalist groups, they were dismissing them oh that's good shit why haven't we been doing this shit all along right because you in law enforcement and all all of this fucking military bullshit well and a lot of these people have like legitimately have been radicalized yeah you know oh definitely um well i mean one of the guys who got arrested at the capitol was an olympic swimmer yes i saw that and then you know I, i mean and he just People can can become radicalized from reading this fake information on the internet. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I I think the big the big thing we got to start doing is like not like oh let's just delete these people online. I think we have to have a, a, a conversation as a society about how we're going to handle our shit on the internet because clearly we go off the rails real fast. You know. Yeah. I don't know, but then you get into territory where it's like surveilling Free, you know i i don't know speech. it's i don't yeah. even know how it, you handle this <laughs> it's a set of really complicated conversations but i think i think that the social media companies are responsible because yeah, yeah mm-hmm. they i mean they know they created algorithms and then they have i mean their product is an addictive product mm-hmm. they know that it releases dopamine and then of course you know facebook will just feed you back into the fighting because posts that have more comments get more you know right. views and so and it just snowballs out of out of control so i don't necessarily think they should be in charge of censorship because do we want to put that in the hands of private companies? No. You know, that could, it might seem like it's on at, quote unquote our side now. Right. There are definitely concerns about that. But um, a lot of it is employee action, I think, that got, that got these, um, you know, that helped get parlor banned and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I mean, they can certainly go ahead and, you know, get their own servers. There's nothing stopping them from that, from creating their own infrastructure. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it was a beautiful sight to see. I started as soon as Lady Gaga started singing, I burst into tears <laughs> and I never pulled it back together again. Um, <laughs> through the whole inauguration, um, and I, for me, I see a lot of people who are like more aligned with me politically. Like I don't think I have no illusions that this administration is going to solve all my problems. Right. Yeah. But it definitely removes a very serious problem and immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And we're actually gonna like see some action with the coronavirus and and hopefully some financial support. Yes, and I think we have the next two years to demand the Democrats give us Medicare for all because we all, you know, they have the, the majority. majority. Yeah, yeah, they have the majority. They have the power to push it through. They have no then, excuse, you know, basically. And if if no excuse, yeah, if we, you're right, we really do need to push this. And if they don't deliver, then 
I don't know. <laughs> I'm not well, going to say pri- no, I know. No. Then we then we primary the incumbents. Yeah. Then we primary these old standing incumbents and we get them out of there and say, you are not reflective of what the Democratic Party is today. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. But stealing the show. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yes. Completely. Um, oh, also, J. Well, before we go, I will say J-Lo is also fabulous. And I. Yeah, she was amazing too. But um, nice. <laughs> Amanda Gorman, twenty-two-year-old uh, youth poet laureate. I know. I loved her yellow coat. Oh my gosh! Yes, she she commanded the audience with her presence. You know, dude. Like, I know. Even her it, like um, her hand motions and shit. I was like, this is amazing. You know, as and I thought as soon as I saw her going, I thought. Like, who is this? You know what I mean? I didn't know who who it was going to be. I didn't recognize her, but I was like, she. Um, and then she just delivered the most beautiful poem um, called The Hill We Climb. And she actually wrote, she had already started writing it, but she finished writing it on, on the night after the insurrection. Ah. Yeah, which I think is really powerful. Um and there's, I think she's only the, or she's the youngest inaugural poet in U.S. history, mm-hmm. which is uh, pretty incredible. And she wants to be president in 2036. I know. I saw that. She's so badass. And I what and I, I appreciate be- about I her, her poem, too, is like it wasn't like, you know, kind of. Uh, painting America in like this perfect light she was acknowledging like America's internal flaws and everything yeah and I feel like I felt one of my most patriotic moments today really that I that I have felt personally and I think like a lot of that was because of her because you know if you think I've been thinking a lot about generational Mm -hmm. trauma lately and uh, you know, just as, as it relates to myself personally, but I think in the larger context of our country, you know, like that is, isn't that what you do with the next generation that you, that you work to heal and make it better mm-hmm. for the next one and the next one, yeah. you know, and um, we certainly have a lot, a lot of problems, but yeah, she didn't, she didn't try to pretend that those weren't there, but it was certainly a message of hope. Yeah. And do young said, young people are so inspiring too. Like the, this young generation, Generation uh, Z, like they they seem fearless. But I guess like all all young people are. It's usually young activists that are the ones out there making a stand. And I think as we get older, we just get more complacent. So I want to. And I think more. I think also we get more averse to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like we get set in our ways like, oh, well, this is how it's been. Right. Well, yeah. Um, she said being American is more than a pride we inherit. It is the past we step into and how we repair it. Um, and I just ugh, she was so on point. And love becomes our legacy and change our children's birthright. And I just I'm on this big love tip right now because I because I read Bell Hooks all about love, which <laughs> I just it's I think it's my new Bible. It's <laughs> I think it's the closest thing to a Bible I've ever nice. related to. And I just, you know, 
I don't know. I I never thought about love as being um, such a powerful revolution yeah. revolutionary. You know, mm-hmm. and it it truly is. Um, yeah, it's one of the most powerful tools we have at our um, at our fingertips at all times if we choose to find it. But it's hard. It's you know, love is hard. It's really hard. Oh, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> and I. I think that's what we're going to have to do in these next, you know, we are going to have to find a way. I'm not saying we don't have to bring in, bring together the white supremacist militias, but <laughs> we have to find a way to bring in the people who are still within reach, right? Because we don't want to radicalize who's left, right? you know, mm-hmm. and give people room for, you know, give people grace to allow people um to change their minds you know yeah and give them the um yeah kind of lay that out for them if we just keep you know if we don't give anyone that opportunity then they're just going to double down on what they're already saying Mm -hmm, for sure um you can if you want you can buy amanda gorman um gorman's first uh poetry collection that she created when she was 17 it's called the one for whom food is not enough um, that's, and, that's a good name. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, my, my friend posted this picture of her baby watching Kamala, you know, Aww. on the, on the TV. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, wow, like the world that she's going to see, you know, just, you know, just seeing the possibilities of what she could be in the world means so much Mm -hmm. you know um so i hope i hope that this i mean this this biden has been the you know in the senate since he was 30 years old he's been in government yeah and he could take he could take this opportunity to be you know a really a really change-making president, you know? Mm -hmm, Definitely. He has the power to do it. And what's the reason not to, you know? It's not like he needs to stay satisfied for his next political run. Definitely not. I mean, he's 78. (laughs) Right. Go out with a bang. Exactly. Let's be honest, though. How long do you think he's going to (laughs) last? Here, I'll tell you what I think. I think he's not going to last the year. And I think Kamala is going to be our president. (laughs) I mean, I would love to see her um, as our president. I'm not to not to wish yeah. ill on on Uncle no. Joe over there, but um, no, of course not, of course not. <laughs> but I, our, we have a friend who's very into astrology, and I've seen it in like some of the astrology groups that I'm into that they're that they're these people are predicting the death of Biden. Well, yeah, he's 78. Not, of course, of course, astrology is picking that. That's just like no, no, the, no. the human well, body actually, shutting down. It, w- it was before it was before the election. They actually said the death of the next president. So it was like before the winner had been chosen. Although Trump is also extremely old. Yeah, it's like a bunch of um, old. Who's going to win the presidency of uh, old white I men? <laughs> I did. I did kind of feel like Biden was like, it looks like he like reaches out to Jill to like guide him around yeah i know dude he doesn't he doesn't look very strong but i'm glad he's in there i'm glad kamala is there you know and i'm glad the other dude is gone and hopefully (laughs) he will just fade into oblivion 
and uh hopefully them know, yeah yeah maybe you can rile people up about hotels that's what i'm hoping like that that'll be his <laughs> next his next cause but he's going to be caught up in some litigation for quite some time oh for sure yeah um but also let's i hope in his post-presidency my other hope is that we kind of ignore him yeah you know because like we've taught we he's gone so much energy has been wasted on this man (laughs) and publicity and you're just giving him what he wants so yeah exactly can just like if news networks are still like covering whatever the fuck he's doing that's irrelevant then like that's just bullshit and they're doing it for ratings Mm -hmm. yeah you know death by obscurity i think is what we need to do for him yes (laughs) um but and and for our last story for today i really like this one got me excited this was sent to us by one of our kumquats Um, (laughs) (laughs) shout out uh yeah at there there's this beautiful beautiful vulva um sculpt would you call it a sculpture um yeah it was a it's a red concrete vulva that's on the hillside of a park in northeast brazil it's giant it's i would call it an installation an installation yes and it's called diva yeah great name Um, and uh jair bolsonaro is is a very far right-wing president in in Mm -hmm. um, in brazil right now and uh that's you know one of the i I think part of why this gained a lot of you know traction is because the the artist juliana natari got a lot of flack from his supporters oh my god yeah they're so terrified of a giant vulva I mean, it's and literally it's just (laughs) it's so beautiful. It's on a mountainside. We'll post a picture. Um, And they she said that she wanted to uh, question the relationship between nature and culture in our fellow centric and Mm -hmm. anthropocentric Western society. I know. Yeah. Well, I had to look up what anthropocentric meant. But then I was like, all right, dope. I'm down. Just people. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a focus on human beings as like the ultimate thing in the world. Yeah, and but you know, when you see this thing, all I could think to myself is like Don't fall in. Let's make this into a water slide. No, I <laughs> wanna go into it. <laughs> I feel I feel the opposite. Cause I I'm really into this documentary on HBO called Class Action Park and it's about oh, this guy. Oh bitch, I'm glad this. you're watching that. It's so good. Oh my god. It's the best. It's so good. Yeah. Um, but he just, but this man with a crazy imagination just started creating these horrifically dangerous rides. But I love, I did love his like spirit of innovation. Um, with his lack of regard for <laughs> humans for and children, kind of, you know, but whatever it was, you know, what was it? The seventies, it was the eighties in New 80s. Jersey. In New Jersey, I remember seeing the commercials for it when I was a kid, but I never went. <laughs> thank God, uh, Grace, you may God, not be here today. Not... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, can you imagine just like a feminine theme park where you could like, you know, um, like I'm I'm picturing it now, like a lot of water slides. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, definitely. Maybe some boobs you could bounce on or Ooh, something. Ooh, yeah, bouncy house boobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you could, you know, you could have like a side, forest of pubes. You could have side slides, like fallopian tubes. Oh, you know, into the maybe you slide down into the uterus. Uh huh. And then and then and then you get slimed the with uh, intrauterine blood. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's like the new Nickelodeon. <laughs> we could make it like a fun game show. Yes, it would be. It would kind of be like Universal Studios. Yeah. meets Class Action Park. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, I think I think it'd be a blast, and it could be educational along the way. Definitely. Also, yeah. this this vulva installation seems like it would go really well in the in the mountains of Western North Carolina. Yeah, it it, it honestly is pretty. Oh, it's gorgeous. And she she had all men build it for her. I know. 20 men. It took 11 months. Uh, put them to work, yeah. Yeah, but... Do you think they I finally mean, the found amount- out where the, the clitoris was? <laughs> Maybe. Hmm. If, they're, if they're lucky. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that, you know... It, this is something but like the backlash for it is so ridiculous like why would it be so awful to look at like it's actually it is actually really beautiful yeah and it, I mean there's nothing about it that strikes me in any way as obscene even no you know? it, I mean it looks like lips you know yeah um but I started looking into I found out about these uh, ancient uh, statues that are called Sheila Nagigs, and they were are found in churches and castles, primarily in Ireland, but also around Britain. And it's like they don't actually know. There's no written history on it, but it's like this little lady who displays her whole vulva, like opening it up. Um, and it would be on churches and shit. Hmm. But <laughs> so maybe there was a time when we were just like, oh, this is a part of our body, a part of our body that actually helps you know sustain the continuation of humanity right sheila nagigs is it the same woman like it's the same figure or are they different figures no they're they're the same figure Hmm. um yeah i mean they all look similar where and it's almost like the whole front it'd be like if you turned your whole stomach into a vulva oh wow so there's different theories like oh is it like warding off you know evil things is huh. it you know like they're they're not really sure they're just kind of guessing about it Interesting. Uh, but you know art has always been you know a great way where we can have discussions about sexuality oh I feel like. yeah and yeah I think, and i think that uh this piece really uh takes the cake yeah it's great we need one here and it's like it shouldn't be a political statement of course not <laughs> it is you know yeah it is but only because of how other people react to it so shout out juliana i'm sorry let's see an entire park of beautiful rideable <laughs> <laughs> vulva and vagina, vagina also like everywhere that you know there's still nobody ever calls it a vulva i'm really trying to get better about my language because even yeah. though we've talked about it here i know i try to you know, it it really is a big difference. Yes. You know? Yeah, there's there's many parts like touch it is my vagina, it, touch my there's a big difference if you're telling someone where you want their hands. Exactly. Yeah, and that plays a role in, like an important role in consent too. Like you have to be specific like that you your partner should know 
what you're working with and you should know too. Yeah, exactly. So we'll post a picture of that. Definitely. Um, if I ever make it to Brazil, which I would love to, Mm. um, I'll, I'll go for a visit. It is getting a lot of, a lot of tourism. The Volvo area. Yes. Nice. So that's excellent. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. Um, and we will see you next week. Oh, I want to shout out Bombay Gasoline yes. for our awesome theme music. We haven't brought you up that recently. We haven't forgotten about you. But but <laughs> you're amazing. Also, rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It helps us grow, and we love you for it. Thank you, guys. Bye. <laughs> Good call. Okay, I'm Bye. Bye.